Sports. Here we go. It's another big week in the NFL for the Green Bay Packers. This is the Packers Wire podcast, powered by USA Today Sports. Now, your host, Ryan O'Leary, and Packers Wire editor, Zach Cruz. Hey, Brian, I'm sure we'll get to plenty of, of draft stuff, but I got to mm-hmm. ask you, how can you make this work with Aaron after what happened today? Yeah, Rob, I'm not going to get into a ton of specifics, but I think, you know, obviously, you know, he's our he's our quarterback. He's our leader. Um, we've been working through this for you know a little while now. And, um, you know, I just think uh, it may take some time. But, um, you know, he, he's he's the guy that kind of makes this thing go. So he's he gives us the best chance to win. And, and we're going to work towards that end. Brian, do you, do you think Aaron's ever going to play again for you guys? How, how can you convince him to come back and play for you after he he seems to be, at least if the reports are accurate, that, that he has no interest in doing that. Yeah, I'm not going to speak for Aaron, obviously. But, uh, no, I think, obviously, we've we got a really good team. Um, and I do think he'll play for us again. Um, and we're going to, like I said, we're going to work towards that. And we've been working towards that uh, on a, a number of different fronts. All right, I asked you in February if there was any scenario that you could see trading Aaron. And you said absolutely not at that time. Has that changed? Is there any scenario that you can see trading Aaron Rodgers this offseason? No, no, Ryan, I appreciate the question, but no, we're not going to trade Aaron Rodgers. Well, there's Packers GM Brian Gutekunst in front of the firing squad after day one of the NFL draft. I mean, that was a day that we've kind of been impatiently waiting for, Zach. It finally arrived, could not wait for the freaking draft, and then Adam Schefter drops the napalm on the whole damn thing, right? That Aaron Rodgers is so unhappy with the GM and the entire organization that he's told teammates that he doesn't intend to even return to Green Bay. It's like, huh? Like, that thing just blew up draft day and uh i mean that report was only confirmed by right there the gm basically taking questions and he he opens his presser by talking about eric stokes poor poor eric stokes i mean talk about mr irrelevant right i mean that poor kid but i mean we've been on this story for like two months analyzing rogers's comments about his future with the team he said it a few times it's casting doubt on his future we've continually talked about why hasn't the team touched his contract? Why aren't they extending him? Why aren't they restructuring? We've been f- waiting for this. We finally get the clarity that we've been hungry for, and it's and none of it's good for Packers fans. Zach, this is this is a real uh, scary situation. Yeah, right. And I, you know, I was prepared for to come on this show this week and talk about how, you know, how sad I was that the Packers passed on Elijah Moore. Uh, seriously, round, yeah. which, which they ended up doing, and I am still sad about it. But right, yeah. But yeah, this, this Rogers bomb kind of threw a threw a big wrench into the whole thing. And, and like you said, the contract part, there was a reason why you and I talked about Aaron Rodgers contract every week for, I think it was like two straight months and, you know, listeners, readers, Twitter followers, they were sick of it. I'm sure. But you know, that, that whole thing never really made sense. It always felt like it couldn't end up being a big point of conflict. And now, you know, here we are a week after the draft and the whole thing's blown up. So I do think the contract is playing a big part of it here. The way I'm reading it, I think, you know, the Packers wanted to do a simple restructure with him, kind of like what we talked about to start the off season, but they also wanted to leave that possibility open that they were going to move on after next year. And I think that might've been, you know, the last straw in this relationship. And you can, you can really see how the timeline works out. Now they take love. Rogers has this MVP season and you think maybe he's gained back some leverage or control over his future, but then the Packers come at come at him with this, you know, restructure maybe he wasn't expecting, and it doesn't help him long term. Even though it helps the team short term, but it doesn't help him long term. It keeps him in this, 
you know, one year placeholder predicament role, even though he's the league MVP. So yeah, we talked about the contract a lot. I'm sure it drove people nuts, but this is why. And you can definitely see how the contract could have been uh, maybe the last bridge to burn in this relationship. Yeah, you're right. We kept harping on it over and over. I'm like, sorry, Zach, I got to do it again. Another segment of Rogers contract talk. But, I mean, first of all, Rodgers just kept saying it. He said it after the NFC Championship game loss. You know, my future's uncertain. He talked about yep. it with Pat McAfee, right? He kept on bringing it up. It's like, why does he keep doing that? And then, of course, the contract just never got done week after week after week. We're waiting for that thing to finally get resolved. You're, you know, Zach, you're trying to write about the salary cap. How are the Packers going to get cap compliant? And, and, man, there's just, like, really simple way they can clear all this massive space. And they just got to simply work out an extension or figure out a restructure with Rodgers. And they just never got there. And now it seems like it's gotten to the point where the contract is now, it's not even the sticking point anymore. Maybe they could have resolved this if they just approached that the right way. But now it seems like it's the GM. You know, it, 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 it seems like the Packers are reportedly poised to make Rodgers the highest paid quarterback in the league at this point. But Rodgers, he, he doesn't want to return unless the GM is fired. Like, I mean, first yeah. of all, I just can't see the franchise allowing that to happen or setting that precedent that a player could force the you know an executive to get fired i did there's no way in hell that's going to happen so now it's like and you've tweeted this it's beyond 50 50 that rogers is probably going to be gone right i mean it seems like the, a divorce is imminent and that kind of sucks you know it's crazy that it's yeah. gotten to this point yeah and i think you know we just talked about the contract but i don't think that's i don't think that's the sticking issue now because like you said there's been reports that they want to make him the nfl's highest paid player and that would satisfy his you know his need to be here long-term and, you know, get that financial commitment. So you got to look at it. And I think it's, it's pretty clear at this point that this is just a conflict that is squared on Aaron Rodgers and Brian Gutekunst. I mean, you can take the big picture view here and, you know, you, you got to look at what, what would Rodgers be upset about in this whole thing? And, you know, he probably hasn't agreed with all the personnel decisions. He probably hasn't agreed with how they communicated the Jordan Love pick but really he just wanted to finish his career as a Packer. And then, you know, this new GM comes in and, you know, he's just doing what he feels is best for the team, but he trades up for this quarterback and, you know, no team is ever going to just trade up for a quarterback unless they think a, a transition is coming down the road. So he puts these wheels in motion and then, you know, Rogers comes out, plays the best season of his career. The team doesn't sound like they wanted to commit to him past 2021 to start the off season. So you know, they, they just want to keep this year to year option available. And that's also totally, totally reasonable because that makes a lot of sense for the team. But I feel like it's just a drastic mismanagement of a star player you already have. And, you know, this really is, I think, a conflict regarding timelines because you have a quarterback that has one idea of a timeline and a court and a GM that has a, a, a very different idea, clearly. And I do think, you know, maybe these two things just collided. And now we have a situation where, the quarterback he just sounds like he's done with the team and he's ready to accelerate this timeline and avoid being this placeholder quarterback for this young guy that's taking his job so look, I, I get it on both sides it's a it's a power struggle but it it almost feels like a stalemate now because the quarterback wants out the team is committed to not trade trading him and you know they just spent the last couple of days pretty much begging him to come back publicly so yeah, there's going to be a lot more steps that are going to play out here, unfortunately. Yeah, and, and I do want to get into the communication piece uh, of this because it took yep. the Packers so long to come out publicly and say it. We had to like pry yeah. it out of a, a Gutekunst finally said it in like his pre-draft presser that oh, Ro- you know, Rodgers is our future. He's our guy. Like we're committed yeah. to him, and it took forever. Like why did that take so long? But I want to get to that in a little bit. I mean, you said 
you see it for both sides. And I, I do feel that there's two sides to this thing. And I think when it first broke, I was like, man, Rodgers is being a prick. You know, I, I don't know. For some reason, I was mad at Rodgers when this first broke. Yeah. I think I'm more on his side as it goes on because I'm starting to see I'm like, all right, well, you know, the Bears consulted with Andy Dalton before they moved up for Justin Fields, right? You couldn't even do that for Aaron freaking Rodgers. So, I mean, I understand that piece of it, but I don't think Aaron is like a perfect citizen in this either. I mean, if reports that he really wants the GM fired is true, I feel like that's just kind of unprofessional. I, I don't think that's cool. Yeah. I mean, I, I read on Packers Wire your post about how he's mocking the GM in group text messages to his teammates. Like, that's kind of childish, right? I mean, that's not, yeah. that's if he's really pissed that they drafted Jordan Love, who controls the whether Jordan Love gets on the field or not? It's really it's Aaron Rodgers. If he keeps on putting up yeah. MVP season, keeps leading the Packers to the NFC title game at Lambeau. Jordan Love's not going to play. We haven't even seen the kid on the field yet. I mean, that's not going to change. So I, I don't know. I, you, you mentioned both sides. I don't think Aaron Rodgers is like a perfect you know, citizen in this thing either. I, I definitely put some blame on his shoulders as well. Oh, yeah. I mean, the longer this drags on without him, you know, coming out and talking about it publicly, I don't know if he's going to. Maybe it doesn't make sense for him for some reason, but he, he's got a lot of people that are talking for him right now. And that's it's a tough look when you're in a, in a situation like this, but I I'll, I'll back Roger's side and I'll say uh, the team definitely deserves quite a bit of blame here. I think because, you know, I, I thought it was interesting during the draft, you know, Goody and the Packers, they pretty much admitted that there was a, they, they made some big communication blunders during that 2020 draft. And obviously that's about, you know, not communicating with Rogers and kind of blindsiding him with that love pick. So, you know, I do think we're, dealing with maybe a little bit of a snowball effect here for Rogers, like the Jake Kummerall report, for instance, that comes out this week. We, the backstory is obviously the Packers released him kind of surprisingly last September, you know, right after Rogers praised him. And you know, that, that didn't sit real well with, with Rogers. So I get it. That sounds like a small thing um, on its own, but I do think it's been kind of a continuation of this trend, maybe of decisions that uh, Rogers clearly hasn't agreed with the GM about. So, I think, yeah, maybe more so this is about a lack of communication on, you know, from the GM, why these decisions are happening on the personnel side to the quarterback. Because I don't think Rodgers, you know, I don't think he wants to pick players. I don't think he wants to pick the GM who's in there. I don't think he wants to sit in draft meetings or, you know, be the guy that picks free agents, whatever. I just, I don't, I don't think he wants to be blindsided by decisions that directly affect him in this job and his role as a leader of the football team. So, I think that's a pretty reasonable thing to ask for a player of his stature. And I think, you know, maybe the Packers have let him down one too many times there in the communication department. And now it's maybe too late to fix it. Yeah, it's, that's super well put. You talk about Kumarau and, and, you know, if people are listening to this and you don't check out Zach's stuff on Packers Wire, please do that. If you're like an organic listener of this and you found the podcast in another way, please go check out Packers Wire. There's this article where it kind of breaks down. It's not only Kumarau. It's Jordy Nelson, Randall Cobb, Clay Matthews. These are guys that Rodgers loved that have left the team since the new GM came in. So there is uh, there's definitely friction there. No doubt yeah. about it. You hit on that communication piece. I have some sound I want to play about that very thing, and I have a take on that. We'll do it coming up next. Hey, Brian, I'm sure Jordan Love was unequivocally the best quarterback on your board a season ago. Obviously, you went up to get him. But how much does that potential effect on your franchise quarterback, the aforementioned potential drama, the continuous media questions? How much does that go into your decision? And in hindsight, would you have handled anything differently? Yeah, that, that's a good question. I appreciate you asking it. Um, 
Certainly, it's something you think about. Uh, I certainly look back uh, to last year's draft and, and just kind of uh, maybe some of the communication issues we could have done better. There's no doubt about it. Um, the draft's an interesting thing. It can kind of unfold differently than you think it's going to unfold, and it happens pretty fast. Um, but certainly, I think looking back on it, certainly where we sit today, um, there could have been some communication things that we did better. Absolutely. And I'm glad he said yeah. that, Zach. I thought that that's the first step in a resolution. You've got to admit oh, yeah. that you screwed this thing up, and the team deserves, I think, a heavy dose of the blame, as you've been talking about. I agree with you. Yeah. The communication piece for Gutekunst is missing. He needs to figure that thing out. The, the Packers are kind of, and you could probably talk about this better than me, the Packers are structured differently. They don't have an owner. So there, there's yep. a structure, and I don't know about the flow of communication between Gutekunst and Murphy and, and the whole crew. I don't know if it's right. First of all, I just look at the way the press conference was handled that I'm playing all this sound from. This is the presser from right after day one of the draft when this bomb went off, the Aaron Rodgers bomb. And Gutekunst comes out, Zach, and he talks about Eric Stokes. And again, I, hopefully we can get to a little bit of draft stuff. If not, we'll get to it all next week. But he talks about Eric Stokes. He doesn't mention Aaron Rodgers. He comes up to the podium. He talks about Eric Stokes like nothing's wrong. But you can see it on his face that something wrong. And then the first question is like, we'll definitely get to the draft. But unfortunately, I got to ask you, you know, and then they go into the Rodgers questions. And it's 20 minutes straight of like Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers. And he sits there. And to his credit, he took him. He was courteous. He took every question. But I can't, and people will roll their eyes because they know I'm a Patriots person if they listen to the pod, right? I'm a Patriots guy. I'm out here in New England. I can't help but go by the gospel of Belichick. But I just know how Belichick's in these controversial situations all the time, Zach. He lives for these things, right? If he's not in one, he'll go spy on the uh, Bengals or something to get back into one of these situations where he's answering awkward questions in front of the media. And I just know that Belichick would have came out, addressed it immediately in a statement, and then he wouldn't have taken any more questions on it. He would have said, we're focusing on the draft every time Aaron Rodgers' name came up in that presser. So I just feel like there's like a PR communication piece that's missing that they got to figure out at Green Bay. I don't think the GM should be fired. Absolutely not. I think that's ridiculous and that, it could ne- that will not happen and it cannot happen. But they got to figure it out and learn from this and they got to figure out that piece. They're, it's missing. Yeah, I, I I will give Goody some credit because he's he stood up all three days really after after making picks and answered Aaron Rodgers' questions and he he wasn't all that evasive about answering him. I mean, he did, he definitely didn't get into details, but he was courteous. Yeah, he, uh, he was he was good. yeah he, he was very he, courteous. He really was. He wasn't off putting at all. So I I do give him credit about that. But yes, I think communication is a huge issue. It was it was an issue as the Packers were transitioning away from Ted Thompson and, and Mike McCarthy too. And they, they sat down, they said, we're going to, they call them silos. They said, they're going to break down these silos. There's going to be, you know, good communication throughout the organization. But I think they've still left Aaron Rodgers out of that, that mix. And, you know, there will be people that say, Hey, you know, he's just a player. He should go play. But I don't think that really applies to a guy who's the quarterback, a future hall of famer, three-time MVP, like, He's been there for 16 years. He has to have some – he doesn't even have to have a say, to be honest. He just needs to be in the loop on some of these big things. You go back to the 2020 draft, just like Goody was talking about. They had an opportunity. Yes, the, the draft moves very fast. I'm, I'm not sure they thought they were going to have a, an opportunity to pick Jordan Love, and they probably didn't anticipate trading up to get Jordan Love. And, you know, the first round moves real fast, and there's a lot of things going on, and you're on the phone trying to – get that trade and get the pick in, but man, you could have just had Matt LaFleur or somebody in that leadership, just give Aaron Rodgers a call and say, Hey, 
you know, Jordan Love is still on the board. He's the best guy left. We, we still love you. You know, th- this guy can just develop behind you. We'll see what happens. But we love you. You're under contract. You're our guy. Like, that would have been a very easy thing to say. And I think that would have made a big difference with how, you know, Rogers responded to that, you know, probably even how this whole thing is playing out, to be honest, because I think that lack of communication and just, you know, not being in the loop, I think he wants to be in a partnership with his team. And I feel like they aren't giving enough on that side. And so maybe he's just done with the whole thing. So, yeah, I totally agree. The communication side has to get better if he's still there. Uh, for this thing to work and for this thing to get figured out. Yeah, I think this is why it's ultimately on the Packers. How does Matt Nagy call Andy Dalton and talk to him about Justin Fields, but you don't talk to Aaron Rodgers about going up to get Jordan Love? I'm sure the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers spent a whole weekend at Tom Brady's house talking about drafting Kyle Trask in the second round. You know what I mean? Like, this is why, you know, so they got to figure that thing out. And I guess now, now what? Like, what do you do? Like, do you just kind of sit and wait? Now they're they're adamant that they're not going to trade him. I understand that. I don't know if a team's really going to pony up the picks that it would take to trade Aaron Rodgers, even at his age. So do you trade him? But if a team gets crazy and offers you three first round picks, Zach, or like two firsts and two seconds or something crazy, do do you think about it? Do you do it? I don't know. They say they're not. The trade market is kind of insane. See what the 49ers gave up to get Trey Lance. I mean, come on. Like teams are giving up a lot of picks these days. I just like what what's next, right? Like what what goes next? Do you have a prediction for me? Yeah, I think they have some options. I don't think any of them are are all that good because, you know, they are in a good spot for leverage. The Packers are on their side. But I also think Aaron's got some some leverage on his side, too, because, you know, if he wants to sit out, force the Packers hand, like, you know, he could start skipping everything, skipping the offseason program, skip training camp, maybe even skip the start of the season. And, you know, he could go try and host Jeopardy. He could, you know, live with his future wife and his beautiful home in Malibu, be on the beach and just, you know, kind of wait this thing out. And if he does that, man, that puts the Packers in a spot where they have to decide, you know, are they just going to try and call his, keep trying to call his bluff? Are they going to risk not getting anything in return for, you know, future Hall of Fame quarterback that could be worth, who knows what, three first round picks, three second round picks, you know, all together. So I, I do think it looks like the Packers have some leverage here, but, Rodgers has some cards to play that could put the Packers in a, in a tough spot. And there's a, a variable that nobody knows. And we, no one knows if Jordan Love can play. I, yes, you know, that's a great we, point. We, we don't we, know. <laughs> we, yeah, we definitely don't know if he, can, if he can play. The Packers probably have no idea. I mean, he's only been – the only time they've seen him is in practice. So there's zero game tape for him. So I think Rodgers accelerating this timeline could really put the Packers in, in a tough spot. I do think – it's it's possible the Packers could just wait Rodgers out, you know, hope he returns for one more year, kind of try and smooth things over, even though I think it would be a very, very toxic situation, especially if the GM is still there. But, you know, the more I look into this, the more I, my gut tells me, I I just feel like they're eventually going to have to trade him. I, I do think that's probably going to be the end result here. And it's, it's a nightmare scenario, just, you know, given what this team has done to, you know, pretty much bring everyone back and, you know, kind of gear up for this one last run. But man, if the Packers have, if they've really burned this last bridge and it kind of sounds like they have and Rogers is dug in and not returning, or, you know, he doesn't want Goody back as a GM. I just, it's really hard for me to see how this thing gets resolved without him exiting. I mean, you know, AJ Hawk, he was on the McAfee show the other day and, you know, he kind of, he kind of shot down some of the rumors that have been floating around, but you know, he spent the weekend with Rogers at the Derby 
And even he admitted that it's going to be really, really difficult to get this thing sorted out. So that tells me a lot. And I just don't think, you know, if, if Rogers is done, he's probably done. I just don't get the sense he's the type of guy that's going to be like, well, I, I'm going to, I'm going to blink in this staring war with you and you can have it your way for a year. But, you know, I, I just don't see it. I, I, we are dealing with some incomplete information and I, I do hesitate to make some, you know, grand prediction about it, but I, I think the, the writing is on the wall a little bit. Like, it, it sounds like the Packers were willing to do this big new deal. And it sounds like they were conceding on all these points. Like Goody said, I, I welcome his input on personnel and it'd be very valuable to me. So he said that publicly and, you know, Roger still doesn't want to return. So we think so. I, I don't know. I just don't have a good good feeling about it. I don't sense a lot of optimism from either side about it. So, yeah, I think my prediction here right now on May 6th is that he's eventually going to be traded, possibly some point after June 1st, given the, the salary cap ramifications of it all. But, you know, maybe even at some point during the season, if he's sitting out and, you know, the Packers, you know, has finally had enough of it and they decide to get some something back for him so yeah i think i think that's going to be my prediction right now that they end up training him it's heavy and i think yeah i think the good news is that he hasn't been traded yet right because there was a lot of smoke during the draft that he was gone yeah, there was. and i know if you if you are a fan of the nfl wire sites at all and you were happen to see uh, all the content john heath of the, the broncos wire was pumping out about aaron Rodgers. aaron Rodgers coming to denver aaron Rodgers coming to denver i think mark solaris said he had Rodgers on a jet to mile high right i mean it was yeah. it was done so the fact that we've survived the weekend that was at least i don't know how close he was to being actually traded during the draft weekend but he didn't it didn't get to that point we have at least time now to like let this thing diffuse a little bit i think Gutekunst, if he's serious about Rodgers being the quarterback, he should go find Rodgers, sit on his doorstep, beg for forgiveness. I don't know. Figure it yeah. out. Work it out because the GM isn't leaving because the quarterback wants him to leave. That's ridiculous. So it's just like a personal thing. You just got to figure out that thing, fix it. He's saying all the right things publicly. He needs now to go to Rodgers' door, Zach, and fix it in person yeah. somehow. So they got to do that thing. But I guess my question is flip it around. Would you trade three first-round picks? Would you give up the hall for Rodgers at, at this age? And how much credence do you put into the fact that he could just retire and host Jeopardy? I mean, he seems like that's something that he is interested in. He could make a ton of money doing that, I'm sure. I mean, there's a lot of money yeah. in TV. So, I mean, I'm sure he could make plenty of money, have a great life. He's obviously into the Jeopardy thing. and He's super interested in it. So he could just retire. That could be another thing. And then yeah. the Packers don't get anything out of that deal either. To answer your first question, I would absolutely give up all those draft picks for him, especially if I'm the Broncos. I think the Broncos, John Heath will love to hear this, but I love that fit for him because that's a really talented roster, actually, on both sides. They got a lot of young, a lot of young players. I think you put Aaron Rodgers on that team, and they are probably as good as the Chiefs. Honestly, I think so. I, so I think that makes a ton of sense if you're the Broncos. Go get him. He's still – he hasn't even turned 38 yet. I mean, Tom Brady's going to play until he's 55 probably. So <laughs> He's a unicorn, though. I, that, that's true. But I, I think Aaron's got four or five good years left in him. I think it, it, it'd, be a lot, it'd be a lot to give up for an old quarterback. But I think, like I said, I think he's going to have a couple more really good years, and I think that would be a great fit. Second part, I, I'm still not convinced that he would, he would retire. I think that's probably more of a leverage point at – at this point, but I do think, I, I don't think he would 
be against sitting out part of the season to try and force the Packers hand because yeah, like you said, the jeopardy thing is there. Like if he had to sit out, he'd, he'd be paying back a lot of money there'd be fines and, you know, signing bonus stuff. And, but yeah, he could, he could go host jeopardy, make a ton of money. Uh, his future wife is probably not hurting for money. I don't think so. I, I think, I think the retirement stuff is, is probably not going to happen. I think it's a, it's a card he could play and probably he is playing at this point to, to try and force some hands. But yeah, if, if I'm the Broncos, I go get him and no, I don't think that uh, he'll end up retiring. He could sit, but I don't think he'll retire. I can report this, that uh, Broncos wire editor, John Heath uh, is all in on Aaron Rodgers. He would trade, he would trade anything. He would probably trade his own possessions to get Aaron Rodgers over to Denver for a season. Um, Smart man. Yeah. So, um, Eric Stokes. So I mean, so Zach, uh, give me one take on the draft, and then we'll do a lot more of this next week. But give me one take, uh, your one leadoff thought about the draft. Yeah. Uh, obviously, they draft Stokes. They broke your heart. They did not draft Elijah Moore, who you were just freaking hilarious on Twitter with all your Elijah Moore <laughs> stuff. And Packers fans were were loving it. I was loving it. It was awesome. But they broke your heart, man. They didn't get your guy. But it seems like as time has gone on, you've started to love this pick of Eric Stokes, yep. haven't you? I would describe the draft class overall as, you know, solid, safe, sensible, because I do think they, they touched on all their biggest needs. I did a ranking before before the draft of their biggest needs, and they were just like knocking them off one by one, like going down the list. So I thought that was impressive. Um, yeah, like I said, they added, Eric Stokes, he's talented. He could run like the wind. And they, they really needed a cornerback. So, you know, they get a good talent at their biggest need. Then the second round, they turn around and they get, you know, a center who, you know, some might have thought he went higher than the, the other centers in that class probably should have went. But, you know, he's a good fit. He replaces, you know, the, their biggest free agent loss in Corey Lindsley. So that makes a lot of sense. They added an offensive weapon. They added a receiver finally. They finally got one, Amari Amari Rogers yes. looks like a really good a really good fit in the offense. Love so it. love it, love and it. And then and day three they they loaded up on offensive linemen and a bunch of big guys. So yeah, I, I think it was solid, safe, sensible. I I would have loved Elijah Moore at twenty nine. He was sitting there and I was I I, I was happy. I thought they were gonna take him because there was a lot of there's a lot of smoke on on them maybe taking Elijah Moore in the first round, but I can't blame him for t- for taking Stokes. I think he really fits what they're looking for. So I don't think a lot of people necessarily gave the Packers a lot of A's for this draft, but a lot of B's, I just think solid, safe, and sensible. Yeah, they, they don't get Elijah Moore, but they get Amari Rodgers, who if this does end horribly with the quarterback, we have to look at Amari Rodgers. This, it just like rolls off the tongue. It's the same freaking name, Zach. That's like I ridiculous. I don't know if I can deal with that. If, if Aaron Rodgers is in another uniform next year, that'd be so weird. And we're talking about Amari Rodgers. Like, uh, how many times yep. will I call him Aaron? It'll be ridiculous. I'm, I'm going to make a, a lot of mistakes <laughs> yes. r- writing next year, if that's the case. I probably will anyway, because even if he's there, but. There's going to be a lot of Aaron and Amari mix-ups probably next year on Packers Wire. <laughs> Absolutely. There's, there was a lot of Aaron Rodgers talk today, but we had to do it. Um, we've been on that story. We're going to continue to. But I think next week, a lot more draft talk. We'll, we'll really dig into yeah. this draft a little bit more. It's an interesting draft. I agree with you, Zach. There's, there's a lot of interesting picks here. They got a center, as you said. So um, a lot of stuff to cover. Uh, but we will do that all next week. We'll talk to you all then. This USA Today Sports Podcast has been presented by USA Today's Sports Media Group.
and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini, and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line, with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week.